Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're just really glad you've joined us. That's right. Welcome to the weekend, Dr. Linda. It's great, as always, to be here. But uh, I do have a little, little bit of a problem. Your, okay, your go with co- it. <laughs> your coffee mug is considerably larger than mine. It is. I'm I'm looking at it. I right. have this nice, huge blue with a pretty sunflower on it. Big, it, big coffee mug. Yeah, it's nice. You get more coffee. It's pretty. Did, did someone buy that for you? Did, where did you uh, get that? I actually think this came from your house. Well, it's, it's a, <laughs> so it's, it might be one of yours, actually. Huh. Well, it's much bigger than my coffee it cup. It is. I, I don't... You, you have a tiny little cup, Chris. We'll put that on Instagram so people can see we it. Should, They're going to yeah. have to look and see what kind of cup you have. It's the, crazy small. It's so unfair. It's so small. But what I'm doing <laughs> is showing you how easy it is to compare or to make comparisons during everyday lives. And that's the topic of today's show. Uh, careers, finances, relationships. How often do we compare and say, why can't that be me? Or how unfair, like you just said, right? Right, right? So it does. The smallest thing, like looking at a coffee cup. But when you're talking about the big things... Like you just said, a lot mm-hmm. of times we make comparisons in our career, maybe in who has a job over us or promotions, those kind of things. Right. And I think what happens is we make comparisons all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. So I don't even know always if we're aware of it. Do you think we are when we are in our mind comparing ourselves to other things? I think we do it in, in ways where we, we don't know we're doing this. That's true. Comparisons. Yeah, and so I, the question is, what does it do in our relationships? Well, right now, the mug comparison is making me defensive because I want a bigger <laughs> mug, and I want to get as much coffee as I can have. I feel a little envious. So I think that's a real good cue there. So envy <laughs> is usually one of the things that comes out of when we make comparisons. And most times, I don't know that comparisons really make us feel better. I suppose they mm. do if you come out on top. Right, that's true. Right, but like in the case you're having, if you fall <laughs> short, then you begin to feel a little envious that's right. about what's going on with the other person. Well, what do you think of this quote? It's from Teddy Roosevelt. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh, I like that. It's mm. really insightful when you think about it. We talk about... Uh, what has just happened just a moment ago, if it was mm-hmm. a really serious issue, which right. coffee is not a serious issue, <laughs> although it is for some people in the True. morning. But if you think about it, does envy steal your joy? I think it does. It oh, really does yes. seem to take away because we no longer have that sense of comparison when we're sitting with other people. So do you find it easy to compare yourselves with other people? What's weird is I don't necessarily feel like I compare myself to others I put it back on myself and say, why do I not have that? I don't get mad at that person. I get mad at oh, me. Oh, okay. So in, in a way, yes, but it's sort of different. So I think if we're honest, when we think about this, that most of us would say, yes, we do compare ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really hard in our saturated social media environment now that we have to not ever do that, to not ever look at something on a social media post and go, ooh, I right. don't have that kind of life, or yeah. I don't have that vacation, or I don't have that person in my life. I think it's easy to do now. That is true. And years ago, you wrote a book called Making Peace with Your Thighs, based on how difficult it is to be satisfied with your physical body, given all the images that we are exposed to on a daily basis, especially with the internet, like you said. Women especially compare themselves to one another, but I would argue that men do too. Yeah, I think that's right, because I think we did a show one time where we talked a little bit about plastic surgery. Do you Mm. remember that? Yeah. And we were saying that men are the fastest growing group of people who want plastic surgery. Right. So certainly they're looking at images and they're feeling like they're not measuring up. I've had some work done. 
Can you, <laughs> you have not. Isn't this not nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is difficult to look in the mirror and then not right. compare yourself. I, when I give this talk on comparisons and I do a thing on the book, Making Peace with Your Thighs, there's a statistic that I always throw out to the audience that I, I have them guess. How many images do you think you're exposed to in a daily basis with mm. looking at? How many images do you think you see Hundreds. of other people? Hundreds. It's actually thousands. Wow. You actually see close to 5,000 images a day if you're mm. in a big city. In a smaller area, it's about 35. So we're constantly being bombarded with a ton of images that are burned into our, our thinking. And the problem with those images, Chris, is that those people have professional hair people. Mm. They have well-lit you know, photographs. I mean, you're in the, you're in the business of radio, but in, in television and stuff, we know that people have makeup artists and right. hair people, and they look perfect when they're in... A, a picture. And a lot of times those are Photoshop pictures where they can really change things. So we're looking at that and we're thinking, wow, I don't look like that. And then what does that do to us? It makes us feel really bad. And, mm. and sometimes it leads to depression. Right. Well, this is especially difficult with weight, isn't it? It is. I don't know any other area where people get so discouraged. Because <laughs> again, do you see sort of average looking people in media? And on commercials and in television, occasionally. Mm, maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a few shows. I think This Is Us is one of the shows that is actually showing the struggle of someone who's overweight and presenting us with what that looks like for a person. But generally speaking, we're seeing people that look very, very thin and don't have weight problems. And, you know, if I even post on, on social media, I, I have younger people say to me, including my daughter, will say, Mom, you didn't put a filter on that. You didn't oh, wow. fix it. You didn't, you know, and I just, I just put what I, what I am. Right. But that's not typical these days. So we're seeing a lot of images that aren't real. And, you know, Chris, if we're honest, we do feel a little bit envious or even maybe a little smug when we compare ourselves on social media. Well, we do because we see what I call people's highlight reel. Yeah, you don't see their entire life, but you see all the great things that are happening. And you can look at other people's lives 24-7 and feel you bad. You know, comparisons are really all about our ego. Right. I don't know if people would admit that, right? But it's sort of an inferior voice in your head that's telling you that you have to measure up. You have to keep mm -hmm. up. And in, back in the day, we used to say have to keep up with the Joneses. Right. And certainly when we compare ourselves and we come out on top, we feel really good about it. But the downside is that it often triggers feelings of jealousy, maybe anger coveting, which is not a word we hear a lot about, but coveting other people's stuff or their lives. And, and a whole lot of negative feelings can come with that. And when we do compare ourselves, what we're also doing is that we're sort of elevating ourselves mm. above other people. And we're going to look at that at the end of the show in terms of, is that scriptural? Is that something we should be doing? Well, I'm trying to think, is there any reason we really need to make comparisons? We don't do it to survive. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem like it's really all that helpful. I mean, comparisons seem to be unfair. I mean, it seems we compare the worst of ourselves and presume the best of others. Like I said a minute ago, it's their highlight reel. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point. And I, I would say that when we're doing that, the problem is that we're moving away from our own uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And it really is the opposite of how God wants us to think. I think it's especially hard to uh, help teens get through this. I mean, how does a teen deal with social media and not compare? So here's the thing. In the teenage years, your whole job, you think, is to be 
looking like other people, conforming to what the image is as other people, because you're not in a place in your identity where you're getting comfortable with your own uniqueness, where you're kind of developing your individual self. It's part of the job, but it's such a pull for teenagers. You don't want to stand out when you're a teenager unless you're doing it in a way that's, you know, really productive or great. So I think they have a particularly hard time to look at all the stuff that they're seeing on social media and feel okay about themselves. You know, as hard as it is for teens, it's hard for adults as well. I mean, we have gotten caught up in these comparisons too. And again, the root of that, when we look at what is that about, it's our own insecurity. And it's it's looking to things, to status, to power, to beauty, all of those things to define who we are rather than measuring ourselves against more eternal things or things that really do have importance in our lives. One of the biggest concerns I have is that there seems to be no end to the possible number of comparisons you could make. There's always someone doing better or achieving more, getting this and getting that. So do you think that that's one of the reasons why it's such a joy stealer? Because you really can never get to a point of feeling content. Right. Because there's always going to be somebody who's bigger and better, Mm -hmm. more beautiful, more talented, more gifted, whatever that might be. There's always going to be somebody. And if you're constantly looking to be on top, that's one of those things that really is going to steal your joy. That's true. And before we offer help on how to stop comparisons, can making comparisons be a positive thing? You know, I think if you choose somebody that you really admire and you look at that person and say, I want to be more like that, I want to try to be, you know, at their level or I want to try to attain something similar in my own life, that that can be a positive maybe use of comparison, but it's more in the admire, inspire kind of view rather Mm -hmm. than envy and jealous and trying to up one up them. So maybe it's a motive into part of your heart when you're looking at that. But if you use it to sort of make yourself a better person without all that negative stuff we're talking about, it might be okay. Well, right now I'm going to compare myself to other co-hosts who keep their shows on time and moving forward. So we're going to take a break. Uh, More on the impact of comparisons on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today we're talking about comparisons and how they can steal our joy and lead to envy. Before we get into this more, I want to encourage you to go to Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. There you will find blogs and ways to connect with Dr. Linda on social media. I encourage you to check it all out, and also Dr. Linda's book, Making Peace with Your Thighs, is an excellent read to help women stop comparing their bodies and move into better health and acceptance. You can get a copy by going to the link on Dr. Linda's website. All right, Dr. Linda, back to our conversation about comparisons. Let's say someone is thinking, I want to stop making so many comparisons. Where do I start? What would you suggest? We kind of alluded to this when we were first talking about this, and we said, you know, it helps to be aware. Hmm. Because, again, Chris, I don't know how many times I'm actually consciously aware that I'm doing it. Right. I know I feel bad. (laughs) I don't always know why I feel bad. But I think if we look at it, we say, okay, am I doing that right now? Especially when we're on social media, Mm -hmm. when we're looking at a picture and we stop and we say, okay, what am I feeling right now and what am I doing? So I think that's really a good first step. 
So it begins with awareness. Well, then what? So then I think be aware of what triggers you. So where do you start comparing yourselves to others? Where are you feeling particularly insecure? Apparently, so, for me, it's coffee cups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say if weight is an issue, you know, mm-hmm. and then you see pictures and you're thinking, oh, I could never be that thin or I could never look like that. Just start thinking about what triggers you. You know, a lot of people drive through really expensive neighborhoods. Mm. Have you ever done that? Yes. <laughs> and you look at the houses. Right. Now, if you can do that and you go, oh, that's nice and mm-hmm. those are beautiful. Maybe one day I'll have a house like that. Right. But if it makes you feel bad hmm. and you're going, man, I live in a dump and, you know, why don't I have a house like that? Then that's probably a trigger, probably not a good thing to do. And I, you can do the same thing in shopping areas. Right. Um, again, social media, even online shopping. Do you do online shopping? No, nah, not too much. You don't? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, what's wrong with us that we're not in that because it's huge <laughs> right. for people? Yeah. But I think one of the reasons it's so successful is people go, ooh, I can have that and I can look important or yeah. I can have that purse or, or whatever it is. And and then the same thing is true with cars. Now, that's an area a lot of people struggle with. They look at someone else's car and go, Have, hmm. have you seen what I drive? Well, you're in that phase with kids. So I think you're driving <laughs> the right kind of that's car, true. those that's vans, true. those minivans. <laughs> you know, I hated driving a minivan when my kids were little, but it was the best thing for my kids. It's not a minivan. It's just a beat up SUV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so practical. Right, and yep. so, you know, it wasn't a, a, a really crazy, I mean, it wasn't really a great, you know, wonderful car to drive, but mm-hmm. it was so practical. But you can get into that and you, you start thinking, you know, what other people's outside looks are. They start to be compared to what you're feeling inside. Right. And that's when we have a problem. You mentioned the uh, online shopping a second ago. Do you think it's true that some people are happy online, but not so happy offline? Actually, there are a lot of studies that show this. So mm-hmm. I, I liked your idea. Would you call it the highlight reel yeah. mm-hmm. of people's lives? Because I think that's exactly what's going on. And you have to remind yourself that either it's only the highlights like you talked about, and we're not seeing the lowlights. Yeah. Is that a, I don't even know if that's a word. Is that a word? It is now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. So there was a study that was done in Cyber Psychology, Behavior, and Social Networking Journal. There's such a journal as that. And they looked at Facebook use, mm-hmm. and they found, Chris, that it is associated with lower self-esteem, with poorer mental health, and with greater body shame. Facebook is associated with that. In fact, those that quit Facebook immediately experienced a boost in life satisfaction, and they had a whole lot more positive emotions. That's amazing. I know. Our producer was telling us in the break that he's working on a a documentary around suicide, and this is one of the factors, especially with teens, Mm -hmm. that when they're looking at all this social media and they're comparing themselves to that and they're feeling like they don't measure up, they get depressed, and then this is a factor in the rise in suicide that we're seeing. Do you think it would be important to remind teenagers that, hey, look, you're looking at everyone's best here? I think we have to say that over and over. And I'm going to tell you as your kids move into those teenage years to Mm -hmm. make sure you constantly remind them of that. Because it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing when they're seeing it and being barraged by it. I think this is where youth groups could really come in and, Mm. and focus them more on things that are more important. I would think that most of us probably need to work on being happy for other people and their success. I know I want to be a better person in this area and get to the point where I can see someone who achieves or is successful and feel good for them and not compare them to me. I think that'd be a great parenting goal, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. If you could pass that on to your kids and say, you have so many moments, you have so many moments in parenting where you could say, 
when somebody scores a goal or somebody right. gets a prize or somebody got a nice job at school where mm-hmm. you could say to your kids, how did you react? Yeah. Did you feel happy for them? And that's an important thing to develop. Actually, that's the, in some ways, that's sort of the basis of helping kids develop empathy, which is a really important skill. Let's talk about money. Okay. It can be an area where we do compare. Yeah. We know money doesn't buy happiness, but when we see people with lots of money, we think, hey, they must be happier. We did a show on the rise of suicide, and we talked about Kate Spade and right. Anthony Bourdain, who obviously had a lot of money. Yeah. I think the takeaway from that is you can have a lot of stuff, and you can compare your life. Sometimes that comparison ends up in making you feel worse about yourself rather than better. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have something else to center your life on and to hook your sense of identity on, that can take you to a dark place. You know, it's hard not to do this sometimes. It's easy to feel resentful Mm -hmm. when we compare. I know. And I I feel bad when I do that. I, I really try to check my heart with that because we forget what God's unique purpose is for us, what his plan is for our life. And so when we see this fabulous trail that somebody's on and we think, Mm -hmm. wow, I would like to do something like that, we really need to get back to, God, what do you have for me? What is my purpose? What is my path that you have? And I, I think, Chris, we waste a lot of energy focusing on other people's lives instead of focusing on, God, what do you want me to do? And what is it you have for me? How do we refocus away from comparison. Here's one of the things that really helps. It's really focusing on gratitude Hmm. and being grateful for the things that you have. Looking at your own life and saying, okay, what's good in my life? What do I have now that God has blessed me with? And when you do that, you are far less likely to feel envious and to to compare your life in a negative way. And if, if someone or something triggers that really ugly feeling of that negative comparison we're talking about, You just need to stop and remind yourself what's good right now in Mm. my life. Let me refocus what's good. It could also help to remind ourselves of how far we've come with God's help. Yeah, because this isn't all about our effort, is it? A lot of times we just have blessings because the Lord has blessed us. So whether you're a salesperson or a teacher or a doctor or a landscaper or a mother or a student, whoever Mm. you are, you have very unique experiences and you have unique gifts, and you have the capacity to love other people even when they're blessed, because that's what we're called to do, and you have the capacity to serve and to contribute in your own way. You know, Dr. Linda, I'll bet that God's view of success in my life is different than mine. I think that's such an important point, and again, we're getting pulled into what the world says is successful. Mm. That's where all those comparisons come for. But are we comparing ourselves to the life of Christ? That's where we need to focus. Right. What if we were to compete less with others and appreciate them more? That is so anti-American, isn't it, in some ways? <laughs> because competition, and we, talk, we have a show on healthy competition. We did, we, yes. we, we talked about when it can be healthy, it's, so it's not necessarily bad, but when it leads to envy. And coveting. And I, I think that's our takeaway point with this, Chris. Mm-hmm. When our emotions from comparing ourselves become those really negative things like envy and coveting, and all we want to do is win and beat the other person, then we really need to stop and say, we got to get out of this habit of comparison and become much more other focused. If you're getting stuck in comparison, you just can't seem to stop. What about going out, taking a brief walk, or just taking a time out, if you will? I really like that idea because if you get up and you change your surroundings, Mm. a lot of times doing something like you're saying, going for a walk, 
it really helps you sort of get out of the moment and to start thinking about what you want to change, especially if you're making this a goal in your life. Mm. Just to say, okay, right now, not in a good space, put the computer lid down or put my phone down and focus on something else. I mentioned this earlier in the program. If you need to compare, what about comparing with yourself. Yeah, I think that's a great focus. So because that's that whole idea of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Where you want to get better at what you do. And if you're doing it and you're saying to yourself, God, I want to be the best that I can be so that I can accomplish all you want me to accomplish. That's a healthy focus. And that's pushing yourself to be better. How do we stop feeling bad because of all the ways that we find ourselves comparing with others. So one of the things I've noticed in talking to people, and I I do this myself, we tend to focus on our weaknesses. Right. And we don't focus on the strengths. Well, we don't put our weaknesses on Facebook. (laughs) That's true. So right, right. So we really do, though, need to start thinking, what are the strengths that I have? Rather than, you know, I'm not the skinniest person, I don't Mm. have that public speaking ability that Dr. Linda does, or, you know, we start measuring ourselves in really negative ways. Instead, say, okay, what are my strengths? Can I celebrate those strengths? And I'm not suggesting we brag about ourselves and we become all prideful, but I think if we focus on our strengths in terms of the gifts that God has put in us and we develop those, that's a much better and positive focus. Does trying to be perfect play into this? Because sometimes we have that need to be perfect, to have the perfect life and to convince others that we are just fine. You know, I notice that a little bit with you sometimes. Do you ever see that where you, you really get on yourself if you did something wrong. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's a that whole thing of I've messed up, and God says, okay, there's grace. Am, am I paying for this session? Yeah. Is, is this free? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> but I do think it's a futile exercise, but we all tend to do that. We really get on ourselves when we make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, if we look at it as there was only one perfect person who will ever walk the earth, right. and that was Jesus, and that his grace is sufficient for us. You know, in some ways, when we have imperfections, that kind of makes us who we are. Right. Now, I'm not saying don't work on those imperfections and mm-hmm. don't ever stop growing, but sometimes we just have to be nicer to ourselves. Right. Well, we're coming up on a break. Before we do, I want to go back to the insecurity that okay. motivates comparisons. In terms of our behavior, how do we stop feeling insecure? Okay, so I think we can give some real practical steps here. So number one, don't knock others down to lift yourself up. So if you're doing mm-hmm. that, if you have to put someone down in order to feel better, that's a problem. Right. And I think sometimes we just criticize a lot because we want to feel better and we're not even recognizing that that's what we're doing. We mentioned that at the beginning of the of the half hour that, you know, if you're seeing someone who has benefit, they're doing something good rather than comparing yourself, just be happy for them, focus mm-hmm. on them. And maybe you want to befriend them and learn what they're doing that could make you a better person. Because in the end, if you don't support other people's success, I just don't think you're going to go very far in life and you're going to be a very unhappy person. That's right. Good advice as always as we talk today about making comparisons. We'll be back with more on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I love my mother, but a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I love my mother, but... 
available on my website, drlindamindel.com, or online where books are sold. Well, the other day I was cut off the road by a driver. Now, everything in me wanted to yell, hey, watch out. But I restrained myself, knowing that yelling at the driver would not do much good. And really, it wasn't the best way to deal with my anger. We know anger easily rises up in most of us. And while anger is a natural emotion, we need to deal with it the right way. So it's not wrong to be angry, but how you deal with your anger is what counts. The Bible tells us, be angry, but do not sin. So what is the biblical way to handle anger? This is a question I answer in my short and easy book to read, Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness. This small book has sold over 130,000 copies. It's because of how practical and helpful it is to everyday living. So if you want to be angry, but not sin, practice what scripture teaches us. Breaking Free from Anger and Unforgiveness is available on my website, drlindamintel.com. That's drlindamintel.com and also available online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books, one that may help since today we're talking about comparisons. It's Making Peace with Your Thighs. Check out that book and others on her website, drlindamental.com, and follow her on Twitter, Dr. Linda Helps, and other social media as well. And if you're just tuning in, today we're talking about comparisons and how they rob our joy and our uniqueness. But this isn't easy, given the world that we live in. So we have to really focus on God's plan for our lives and our uniqueness. We've been saying a lot about that, Chris. And Mm -hmm. instead of ranking ourselves according to other people, we really do have to do what we just said a minute ago, and that is ranking ourselves according to the obedience that we have towards God, our Christ's life. Are we emulating Christ? Are we focusing on getting better in terms of what Christ has called us to do? Well, that leads us to another point to focus on serving others, a very different focus than comparing ourselves to others. So boosting others up, as we mentioned, Mm -hmm. boost us up, right? So we're better together if we work together as a group, being kind to others, appreciating what they have accomplished and achieved. And again, being successful is fine. But if you're happy for other people's success, that's even better. And the way you turn off your internal ranking system and start to feel better about yourself just because you're emulating the walk that you're supposed to walk when it comes to being a person of faith, that's going to be so important in this process. It's important what God thinks about us. That's an eternal perspective. He doesn't think a whole lot about if you have a big house, does he? No, he <laughs> Or a care. great car or some of that. Now, he blesses us with those things. But he certainly doesn't look at those things as eternal. Right. So we need to desire that above everything else. So here's the thing. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. And anyone that's completely absorbed in their self ignores God and ends up thinking more about themselves than God. And that person ignores who God is and what he is doing. And God isn't pleased at being ignored. So let's not ignore God in his word. Let's live our lives according to the things that please God. Those will be healthy and beneficial to others. Those things that will help us flourish. Stop comparing yourselves to others. Be content with the blessing you have. Work to be the best you you can be and embrace your uniqueness. And we'll close with this verse. Just meditate on this verse this week and let it be your guide. You are blessed when you are content with who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mental, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.